Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Listeners should refer to the disclaimer in the episode notes and at the end of this podcast. G'day and welcome back to Equity ASA, brought to you by the Australian Shareholders Association. I'm Phil Muscatello. The Association's just had a fantastic annual conference for 2021. It was held at the Hilton Hotel in Sydney on May 31 to June 1. Over the course of the conference, I spoke with sponsors, management and members to compile this episode of the podcast. I hope that it gives listeners some of the flavour of the great experience that we all enjoyed. I first spoke with the chair of the ASA, Alan Golden, just after he gave his opening address. I've just got to say it was an incredible intro to the conference today. Not only was it informative, but there was a a lot of humility that you feel like you've changed the way that you're looking at investing with experiences that you've been through over the last couple of years. Well, thank you for the nice words. And it is true. I am changing and I have to change a lot more. Why is that? Well, because I have an old mindset and the world is not the same as it was. And you have to realize that things are different and you have to start looking at things differently. But also, like the last speaker was talking about, I'm one of these people who hold on too long. Mm. And you have to learn not to hold on all the time. Because you've made a decision, it's not necessarily the right decision. You have to learn to think past that. It's about controlling your ego, isn't it? Because people just don't want to be wrong, do they? That is such a true statement. Exactly right. So tell me about the, uh, the conference itself. I mean, it's taken a lot of planning to get to this uh, stage. Um, are you happy with the way things are going? Yeah, look, it's really good. It's an excellent conference. People seem to be very happy. Uh, and that's the whole idea of it. So we like it. At the same time, the sponsors are very important. And the people seem to be getting support. I've been talking to a few of them. So that's all good. So everything's going And good. when did the speed meetings come about? This is a, a sort of a last-minute innovation, wasn't it? Yeah, it really is. It, it happened really in the last uh, month, six weeks. And we're going to see how it works. And if it works, then we'll go in and run with it in future years and we'll probably charge for it. So we'll just have to see. We have very low expectations so it's, it's good in that respect. My name is Lachlan Lewis. They call me Lucky Lucky. I've had a very long and ha- lucky life. And you've got a very lucky tie on as well. Can you tell us a story about this tie? Oh, uh, I can see a lot of um, American currency on the tie. Yes, all US dollar bills of various denominations. Yeah. When I lived in Toronto, I used to deal with the brokers on Wall Street, and I often went down there all the time. And I took my kids 
there and we won one Saturday morning and they actually walked on the trading floor of the ASX. That was before all the uh, terrorist activities took place. Oh, in the New York Stock Exchange, was this New York Stock Exchange, yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Oh, Not fantastic. many people can claim they've walked on the trading floor. Did you get to ring the bell? Uh, no. no, no, no. <laughs> That's only for special occasions, isn't it? And how long have you been a member of the Shareholders Association for? Oh, um, it's about like, I've forgotten how many years, but uh, a, a lot of years, and mm -hmm. I find it a great organisation. I love coming to these because to speak it like Warren this morning, Professor Warren, guys like that, they have great slides, great presentation, good story, and it also makes you think. Uh, my name's Jenny Green and I'm semi-retired and I'm an investor. Oh, nice. And you're a, a member of the association? Member of the, member of the association. And how long have you been? been uh, for the last couple of years, mm -hmm. yeah. And so what's your association with Winvest? Uh, look, I really support this initiative from uh, the Australian Shareholders Association. So it's about encouraging uh, investment literacy, financial literacy um, through women, among women. Yeah, it's a real situation though, isn't it? There's a lot of people, look, absolutely. a lot of women who are, I think it's, it's changing in, a, in the younger demographic. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. Not, not really um, fast enough. As you we know. know, the biggest uptake in new um, shareholders in the last year um, with, yeah. with COVID hitting. But um, particularly, I just, I really support women getting involved and managing their own financial affairs. The biggest group uh, that is at risk of becoming homeless is women over 50. So we're here today with uh, Jordan Alessio from Perth Mint. How are you enjoying the day? Yeah, g'day Phil. Doing doing very well, thanks. It's nice to see a you know, whole heap of investors out and about and yeah. you know, learning about what's going on in the markets and the like. It's great. So how's it going with gold at the moment? It seems to be on a bit of an upward trend. Yeah, so obviously 2020 was fantastic. The price yeah. was up around 25%. We saw a, a nice little sort of correction and pullback in the first three months of 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, but then over the last couple of months, we've seen the market start to recover again. Yeah. Investors are sort of, you know, looking for that risk hedge again and, you know, a bit of protection against expensive equity markets. COVID's still out there, you name it. So yeah, no, we're seeing demand is, is, is still very strong. Um, and prices are, are responding accordingly. Yeah, we're recording today on the 31st of May and we discussed Bitcoin the last time and cryptos the last time we chatted. Um, how's that looking? It's, uh, it's a bit of a downward trend going on at the moment there, isn't it? Yeah, look, I think the last couple of months should have reinforced to investors the very, very significant differences between gold and Bitcoin as, as assets. Mm. You know, not to say there's anything wrong with, you know, Bitcoin per se or, or indeed any other asset class, but the volatility that is there is is very real. It's not going away anytime yeah. soon by, yeah. by the looks of things. And so, you know, it's just a fundamentally different investment proposition to, to gold and indeed to precious metals more yeah, generally. Yeah. Okay, we're at the ShareSite counter and talking with uh, Prashant Mohan. How are you, Prashant? Good, thanks, Phil. How are you doing? Oh, always good, thank you. So, how are you enjoying the day? It's fantastic, actually. So many people to begin with. It's real people in 3D. That's uh, kind of almost feels surreal. Uh, yeah. And the second part of it is extremely engaged investors uh, trying to find the best solutions for themselves. Yeah. So, tell us about ShareSite. Uh, ShareSite is a portfolio tracker for self-directed investors. Uh, the marketing spiel I like to give is uh, we are like the Fitbit for investing, uh, which means you go do your exercise, but we'll track and tell you how you're actually doing. 
so similar to that, you can go invest with whoever, whatever exchange, whatever asset class, and we'll tell you on a common denominator basis how they all perform one against another. This is the Morningstar table at the at the Australian Shareholders Conference, and we're talking to Shani. Sorry, what's your surname, Shani? Jayamana. And Mark LaMonica. So, tell us all about Morningstar. It's all about data and information for investors, I, I assume. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, we, uh, we provide a couple different things. Um, number one, research. So, equity research from our analysts around the world. So, we cover 1,600 stocks, around 200 in Australia, and then the rest in North America, Europe, and Asia. Um, also, as you said, we have data. Um, so, over 50,000 equity uh, securities we have data on. And then on the fund ETF LIC side, we have about 450 that we cover here in Australia. We also cover hybrids. And then we have tools, so including ShareSite is included as part of our subscription package. And then we have editorial content and a newsletter. So did I get everything? And podcasts and webinars as well. And podcasts and webinars as <laughs> oh, well. Oh, really? We got so, around yeah. podcasts? Yeah. So Mark and I actually host one um, called Investing Compass. Really? Oh, how long has it been going for? Um, it's been going since October. about October last year. Yeah, yeah so not... And, and how's it going? Are you enjoying the, the process of podcasting? Yeah, loving it, yeah. I yeah. mean, Mark and I are mates as well, so it's um, it makes it a bit easier for us yeah, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> talk about. Well, tell about. us about the podcast. What do you cover on the podcast? Yeah, so, I mean, um, we started off with a bit of foundational knowledge and now we're doing more topical yeah. content and taking deep dives into different um, concepts that maybe investors are more interested in. Our latest one is about thematic ETFs, and Mark has very strong feelings about thematic ETFs. So. Yeah. Very strong negative feelings. My name's Russell Markham. I'm from Vectorvest, uh, Australia. And we've spoken before on the podcast, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Yeah, we yeah. Have. It, was, it was a good one, wasn't it? So. <laughs> it was good to have a chat. So tell us about Vectorvest and what are you offering for investors here today? Yeah, look, we've been in business for 30 years. So we analyse both fundamental and technical analysis for stocks. And then we give our subscribers some amazing tools where they can stress test and back test uh, their strategies. So, you know, you've got an idea as to what you're after. I'm after 3% of high dividend-paying stocks, big blue-chip type stocks. I don't want to do a lot of trading. How do I go about and construct my portfolio? How would I manage it? And that's where the back tester comes in to show you exactly what has taken place in the past and gives you a good idea as to what to expect in the future. So what we do for investors is we speed up their investment process. We we give them an exact uh, trading system from which they can consider. We don't give personal advice. We don't give general advice. You don't say buy now, <laughs> no, sell we, now, whatever. We, we have yeah. a buy, hold, sell rating, but we're certainly yeah. not saying you go it's ahead not and a buy, recommendation, hold, or yeah. sell. We're not, mm. we're not licensed to do so. But effectively, we give you the tools. All right. Yeah. So, so these are the tools. This is what we're uh, using the tools for. These are the outcomes. And then uh, you're equipped, you're empowered as an investor to make better, smarter decisions. So just be clear, we're not brokers. We're not fund managers. And we are purely analyst-based uh, in terms of our technical tools that, that we provide and that empowers the end user to make their own informed decisions. So we're talking to uh, Stephanie and um, Derek from the Shareholders Association. Well, sometimes from the Shareholders Association. So how are you enjoying the day? It's been great. You know, it's been definitely a massive experience and a great opportunity to be here, so I'm enjoying it. Yeah. And you, Stephanie? Yeah, great. Good to become part of a different community that I wouldn't usually be comfortable with or familiar with. Not comfortable with? How's that? As a young person, I suppose, on the, at the beginning of my investment journey, I suppose I'm not quite in the demographic with a lot of wealth built up or much knowledge yet. So I'm learning, I think, a lot from being here. Would you have learnt this otherwise if you'd sort of interned somewhere else or gone somewhere else? Would, 
Would you still be not investing or interested in investing? Um, probably not. I didn't really have that much of a focus on my financials until I really started and then sort of spoke, speaking to people that I was working with, interning with um, and the CEO and sort of understanding that it's quite important, particularly to start young, um, is, is a big goal of the ASA to start to encourage more young people to get into it. Um, so yeah. is, it dif- is it difficult? I suppose not so much if you, I mean, as working there, you get a lot of resources and you understand a lot and you learn a lot from people around you. Um, and I think if you put yourself out there and you look for the resources, it's not too difficult as long as you, yeah, are hungry for it. So are you a bit of a... Um an evangelist now for investing? I mean, do you, do you talk to your friends about in, investing? I would say so, yes. Um, you know, I suppose there's a few of my friends that have gotten into it over the past maybe year or so, whether that's under my influence or not. But yeah, I think it's more important to start talking about those kinds of things with my friends. And, and Derek, um, how, have you, how are you thinking about investing as a young person? Oh, heavily. Um, do, you give you, do you give your friends a hard time as well? <laughs> I mean, at times they give me a hard time. Um, yeah. I mean, you're shut up about that. <laughs> I mean, they definitely push me into it, um, especially coming from that background where everybody's having that entrepreneurial mindset as well. So the finance and even the investing sector is very important. I mean, for me, when I first started, I was a bit hesitant. I didn't know exactly who I was going, who to speak to. But, you know, being part of, of course, the new volunteer at the Australian Shareholders Association, gave me a bit of that first step and helped me be able to introduce me maybe to a few concepts which I may have heard of but had absolutely no idea that the length and detail there was to it. So yeah, it's definitely something which I'm very, very excited about and very proud of to be part of. Yeah. And are you an evangelist with your friends? Now, now I am, yes. <laughs> Heavily, yes. <laughs> and they are, they're always, you know, we're always having discussions about it. Um, it's, it's definitely something which it's always good to have when you have young people, you know, really taking their future seriously and really be like, okay, we can actually make something bigger out of this and actually keep learning. Hi, my name's Robert Watts and I'm from Grapha. So tell us about Grapha. So Grapha is a new platform that is delivering financial news and uh, data. So what we're planning on doing is um, allowing the younger generation to access a Bloomberg-like terminal, mm-hmm. but not a Bloomberg-like price. So. Um, we've got content from Bloomberg, content from Reuters, Investing Channel, um, Cheddar TV, and our own production. And when you contextualise that with education, uh, insights from leading uh, financial reporters and economists, and a charting facility. So, how long is this a fintech startup yeah, that we're talking fintech, here? Yeah, fintech yeah. startup. So, mm-hmm. um, we've been around for a couple of years in development. I came on board uh, at the end of last year. And we're launching now, we're doing a couple of uh, preliminary events like we've been here Mm -hmm. um, at the Australian Shareholders Association. And um, once we get that ball rolling, uh, we'll be going live with uh, a more concerted digital marketing campaign. So it's fun times ahead for Grapha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where'd the name come from? I guess it's something to do with graphs and interpreting um, interpreting data. Yeah, exactly. So we're taking um, the bit about graphs and data, Mm -hmm. combining it. So... Um, we found contextually, like when you go to a lot of these websites, they'll just have some analysis done and there's no way to see what, where the price is at that time. And then alternatively, you'll go to some charting tools and there's no real analysis or education around it. Yeah. So what we thought was bringing those two together and making it fun. So um, fintainment is our uh, <laughs> word. So making finance entertaining mm-hmm. and, and finance entertainment. And that's really the driving ethos behind Gratho. So, Alex, you're behind this event, aren't you? How are you? To some extent, I suppose. Yeah, I'm great. How are you? And what's your name again? Alex Mikic. 
And you're from? I'm from Serbia. Uh, no, I mean, from the Australian <laughs> Shareholders Association. That's right. I got jumped on as a contractor for the conference, yeah. So um, how's the day going from your point of view? Yeah, it's going wonderful. Yeah? Wonderful. You're really not stressed? Experience. It must have been stressful. You know, no, up to it, no, not on the day. I'd like to prefer to put, I put all the eggs in their, in their position, all the ducks in the right line beforehand. So mm-hmm. today we're just wrangling registrations for these extra speed meetings and stuff. That's the main thing that we're kind of jumping yep. in now. So tell me about the speed meetings. Yeah, so it was, a, it was a late addition to the conference, and it was an idea to give these presenters private connection with their delegates so that they have, it's basically a, a tighter connection to the lead mm-hmm. rather than being in a room where there's another 200 people, you know, engaging a hub bubble. Yeah. Like this, it's private, it's connected, and they've opted for either 10 to 15 minute sessions depending on what their program is. So, so are these sponsors that are doing this? No, they're no? presenters. Presenters, yep. okay. Yep. yep. And they were, um, they came sort of midway to late through into the game. Mm-hmm expressed wanting to be involved in the conference, and then we just tried to find them a spot as best we could. So who are the presenters that are doing this? We've got Mark Causer, Martin White, Felicity Cooper, and Heidi Cuthbert. Mm-hmm. We've also got an extra presentation from Russell Markham from VectorVest tomorrow in the morning, that's Tuesday morning, and then we've also got Prashant Mohan from ShareSight at 1 p.m. today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. It's a whole okay. bunch on. <laughs> Further programs at ASA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's... And of course, the rest of the conference. Hi, my name's Sid Ratala. I'm from Tamim Asset Management. Tamim Asset Man- Management? Yeah. That's okay, correct. so tell us about Tamim. What are you I'm offering? We work across a few things. So basically, equities, uh, credit, which is effectively a substitute for bonds, so short duration. Hang on, equities, credit. What does equities that mean? Equities and credit. Oh, and credit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, we do property syndicates as well, mm-hmm. um, depending on the asset and if we like it. So with property syndicates, that means uh, people can get into yes. a, a, a investing in property without. So so, they're sing- the yeah. so basically single purpose vehicles or yeah. special SPVs. So we create them based on the asset. So if, when we find an asset, we create a new structure, mm-hmm. basically push it out to our own database. And if they're interested, they can actually, yeah, um, essentially. Yeah. What we're effectively looking for is around a 6 to 7% yield on a conservative basis sort of a five to seven year cycle. Um, we don't know what the capital growth story might look like. So basically locking uh, the yield uh, up front. So I saw you asking a question before mm-hmm. of Warren Hogan, one of the presenters. Yes. Why were you inspired to ask a question of him? It was, ironically, there's very few people that are more nuanced in sort of their outlook. Mm-hmm. They either have a view, but the way he sort of put both sides of the argument, I was really interested in. And I actually wanted to know his views on whether the yield curve control would be introduced by the Fed. They've ruled it out so far, but but then again, two years ago, never say never. <laughs> they, right. 2000, I think it was Q4 2018, taper tantrum. They were going to effectively rule out a normalised policy, and we all know how the market The taper react. tantrum, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that lasted for about five minutes, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. My name's Peter, Peter McAnally. I first joined the ASA in about 1992. And how are you enjoying the conference? Uh, good. I think that the, um, they've vastly improved their um, capability in developing the conferences over the last few years. Oh, that's fantastic. So you've seen a marked improvement, have you? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Def- definitely. And the, the, the range of speakers are awesome, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. And it's a pity they are not able to have the Cube Tour on the Wednesday morning. 
Hi, my name's Eve. And how long have you been a member of the association for? Uh, just over about two years. Oh, really? Just a new member like me? I am. Yeah. How are you enjoying the conference? I think the conference is great. Got to meet some new great people as well as learn a lot. As a new investor, I think it's good to be exposed to different things. Who's been your favourite speaker so far? Oh, there's been a couple. I really enjoyed Dr. Colin Goldschmidt yep. from Sonic. I really liked his med- medical leadership. Very Noble in-depth, purpose. Wasn't he? <laughs> it was awesome. Yes. Yeah. And I look into that one. Yep. And Rachel, how long have you been a member of the association? Well, I haven't actually heard <laughs> yeah, you. No, I'm only joking. So you can kick me off in a moment. But yeah, it's lovely to meet you. It's lovely to meet but, you um, as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed the same session as Eve. Um, yeah. I really liked the, the culture, the underpinning of culture and the medical leadership that was spoken about, yeah. um, which is really inspirational. What about the differing views on inflation? I mean, we had uh, Warren Hogan with his uh, view that inflation's going to be going up and uh, Roger, who seems insouciant about it. Yeah, no, there are definitely two very different views yesterday. I guess we'll have to wait and see <laughs> which one is right. That's always that with the market, isn't it? Yeah. And, and your name is? My name is Georgia. Hi, Georgia. So welcome to the conference. You've been enjoying it? Very much, yes. Yep. My first one. Really? The yeah. first one? How long have you been a member for? Oh, maybe about three years, four. What inspired you to join the association? Oh, well, we had we had a portfolio sort of... In, we sort of inherited our, our portfolio. It was a super fund yep. portfolio, so we had to look after it. Just make sure you're doing <laughs> the right thing. <laughs> Keep it there. So you're still holding up, Fiona? I'm still holding up. So this is the lovely Fiona Balzer from the uh, the association. You've been working really hard, haven't you? Actually, I've got an easy job. I just look for the questions that are coming in from the streaming and get to ask smart questions. Oh, okay. I'm very and, pleased uh, with that On behalf of the members from the streaming. Uh, yes. Because where is it streaming to? It's streaming to people's homes in Victoria because the Chadston venue was um, locked down and Queensland and Western Australia. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
Hi, my name's Sam Morris. I'm from Fodante Partners ActiveX. So tell us about ActiveX. What are, so, you, um, what are you offering? So, um, Phil, what we offer is um, two actively managed exchange-traded funds. Mm -hmm. The business I work for, Fodante Partners, is part of the Challenger Group, and ActiveX is our active ETF brand. Yep. Both of those products are um, fixed-income products. Mm -hmm. Very different approaches oh, to I fixed income. I love geeking out to fixed income. Oh, well, I mean, some people do and a lot of people don't. So yeah, I try yeah. and, you know, try and find the audience and meet them at their level. Well, because what I find with um, with uh, fixed income is, first of all, people don't understand how they sure. work. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. they also don't understand what value they offer in their portfolios. Yeah, so yeah. tell us about that. Yeah, I think actually often the easiest point is to start with the value in the portfolio. So if you think about um, a lot of the uh, participants here today are running a self-managed super farm. They're very familiar with particularly Australian equities. You know, they're very loyal to Australian equities and, you know, with good reason, it's performed well for them. And again, the dividend yields are the icing on the cake in terms of, you know, managing uh, managing your income for retirement. Um, I think fixed income's less known, well known for a lot of those technical reasons, as you just said, Phil. But I mean, fundamentally, it's been an asset class that's been a bit less owned by Australian investors, perhaps been a bit less accessible if you compare to offshore jurisdictions like the US or Europe for example. But I get the ETF format, first and foremost, makes it really easy to buy mm. exposures to diversified portfolios of fixed income. It's hard to buy bonds individually. There are providers that enable you to do that. But, and um, especially corporate bonds as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, you know, and, and some providers will work with you to construct portfolios, but you generally have to be a wholesale investor, so you've got to meet the, um, the minimum sort of income and asset thresholds. So ETFs are a good way for, you know, regular investors to build diversified portfolios of fixed income. And that, I guess, the value proposition back to the portfolio construction concept is, you know, to help diversify uh, away from equity risk, provide capital stability, provide higher returns than and cash. Income, yeah, yeah than and cash, income, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And that's actually critical, you know, like term deposits now are offering 20 to 40 basis points of return for one year, which is, you know, pretty dismal compared to what they were offering a few years ago. And so for investors prepared to take a little bit more risk, you can, you know, materially boost that return expectation and, uh, you know, and, and obviously provide those diversification benefits as well. Hi, my name's Peter Judge and I'm from Active Super. How are you finding the conference today? Well, this is our first time at the conference, and it's been, it's been great so far. We've been kept pretty busy. Yeah. And, uh, Lots yeah. of... I mean, I find some of the, these members are so engaged with their money, <laughs> much more engaged than the general public, aren't For they? For certain, yeah. yeah. I, I think there's a few dollars in this room, and, uh, yeah, we've got to meet some of them already, so great. So tell us about Active Super. Active Super, would you believe, has been going for one week. <laughs> uh, we rebranded really? last week, Phil, and uh, yeah. we were previously known as Local Government Super, yeah. servicing all of New South Wales councils. Mm -hmm. And being a public offer fund, we've chosen to change our name and rebrand to Active Super. What's a public offer fund? It's a super fund available to anyone and oh, everyone okay. to join. So previously it would have been an industry fund? Is an that... industry fund, yeah. yes, but with the name Government, we felt we were hamstrung by our members thinking you had to work for a council yeah. to become a member. Yeah. But for 10 years now, you've been able to join local government super, mm -hmm. now active super, <laughs> and we believe the name change will help improve and build our funds under management. So that, so, that, so that bloke that's driving the, the big lawnmower, 
He would have been... Um, He'd be one of our members. One of your members. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. right. So the guys... That's a, in, that's a dream job for the me. The guys in parks and gardens, yeah. uh, our waste and all our, uh, obviously, admin staff are mm-hmm. predominantly our members here. Yeah. But so we tell, want to grow. So tell us about your offering and, and, and the growth that you're looking for. Well, we're, we're um, New South Wales wide, but mm-hmm. available to anyone. We're close to a $13 billion super fund with approximately 80,000 members. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's where we want to grow the business. My name is Adrian Harrington and I'm the Head of uh, Capital and Product Development at Charter Hall. Adrian, that was a fantastic presentation. I, I just can't believe the way commercial property has changed in the last few years. Can we just talk a little bit, where you mentioned about the logistics as being how logistics has changed in the last um, few years. Well, absolutely. If you go back 10 years and sheds were seen as the dirty part of our industry, um, but you look at the evolution of e-commerce now and the amount of goods that are being having to go through distribution centres, we've seen a marked change in the way that the whole industrial landscape is changing and there's a very big focus on logistics and we're seeing not only the location of where these sheds are being built, but also what's going inside them. In the old days, it was just a big shed with some racking. Now we've got um, sophisticated technology that's going into them to see automated um, packaging and unpacking of, um, uh, of goods. Uh, and uh, the amount of money that is being spent inside the, some of these sheds is almost more than what they actually cost to, to build the shed itself. And, and you mentioned in terms of these efficiencies that there's robots packing pallets, which are actually doing it in the order of shelves in supermarkets. Yeah, absolutely. So all the big retailers are realising that the, the whole competitive landscape has changed. So how can they maximise their customer reach through an e-commerce channel and it's okay to have the best website and do the have someone order online, but it's actually being able to procure that product and get it to them in the sh- shortest space of time. So the, the way that the automation that they're using to ensure that they can efficiently uh, collate and distribute those goods through the online channels is, um, is a major sea change for the sector. And it's also a demand for space at major hubs of um, rail, ports, roads and so forth. Absolutely. So all of these companies are very focused on their supply chain and they're spending a lot of time trying to work out to optimise where they should have their distribution centres and also increasingly looking at their last mile delivery locations because some of them are actually unpacking it in a big warehouse and then breaking it down and delivering it to smaller uh, places before then it's delivered to the end customer. So that's called a hub and spoke system. And as a result, they are very focused on where they need to locate both their larger facilities and those smaller spoke facilities to minimise the transport costs and minimise the amount of time it takes to get a, a good to a, to a customer. Hi, my name's Colin Goldschmidt. Um, I'm the CEO of Sonic Healthcare. So thanks very much for a great presentation. The, uh, the audience here seemed to really enjoy it. What was I wanted to find out is about the, the concept of medical leadership, and that obviously came from the fact that you're a young pathologist who went into the CEO role. I mean, how did that transition take place? Well, it was a series of uh, circumstances. Uh, I began practicing as a pathologist um, and then five years after I joined that lab I became the medical director and then there was a, a takeover made for Sonic at the time and the new owners said to me something to the effect of I'm an engineer and I understand engineering businesses you're a pathologist you must understand pathology businesses please will you be the CEO and of course that was shock horror to me because um, 
after 13 years of training, that's not really what I had in mind. And, and you didn't have, obviously, a commerce background no, or no a finance background, <laughs> background I, at all. Was it hard? Was it a difficult transition for you? No, the transition was quite easy, but yeah. I, I did reflect very carefully on the potential waste of my 13 years of training in going into a management role. However, I now know for sure that I've used my pathology training in my management role, and that's how medical leadership really crystallizes, is that um, it doesn't necessarily reflect me, but it means that we've kept the business medical mm. um, through having a pathologist overseeing the whole business. Rather than some private equity dude Rather that doesn't, doesn't know anything about... business person who doesn't understand healthcare. Yeah. And there are many, many, um, I guess, uh, leaders in healthcare who do not understand healthcare. They come from completely disparate backgrounds, and healthcare is a complicated, very subtle industry. And how's the day going? You enjoying the day? Very much so. <laughs> I see you've been talking to some of the, uh, yeah, they, the members. They, they asked me lots of questions. They've got so many questions. I, could, I could have gone on speaking a lot longer because the questions that they asked me afterwards were just so relevant to Sonic's story mm -hmm. that I would have loved to have, uh, I guess, shared them with everyone because they were just as relevant. But I couldn't talk about everything today. Hi, my name's Felicity and I'm from Cooper Wealth Management. So Felicity, how are you enjoying the conference at the moment? Very much so. I think it's great that it's been able to go ahead in its format, particularly given the current environment with COVID. So it's great to see so many people together talking about investing again. Tell me about Winvest. How's all that uh, going? It's fantastic, actually. So from something that started as a Financial Literacy Australia grant to something that went around the country to then um, put online for the members of the Shareholder Association to then being able to do it you know, in a face-to-face -face format in a bigger group to a bigger format, um, I just think it's fantastic to see so many people getting involved in it. You know, so many wives of conference delegates that probably have never really been involved very much coming along to something like that as well. Um, and just starting that, that journey of understanding their finances. What do women need to, I hate to use the word overcome, but um, I know in terms of um, my podcasts, it's very difficult to get um, women to talk about finance or even to have an interest in finance. Where does that come from and what do you think needs to be addressed with it? There's actually a few studies that have been done on that. So women have typically grown up, and particularly that age group of 55 plus, which is what WinInvest was started as in the first place, or the financial literacy grant was started as in the first place. So women have just been brought up that it's rude to talk about sex, politics and money. Mm. And so it's just not a topic of conversation. A lot of the times, if you're in that age group, you're brought up in a family where, you know, your brothers were probably spoken to about money, but you had a different role at that time. And unfortunately, that's just fed through your whole life. And um, what we see is for most women when we say, why don't we talk about money? It's either a taboo topic or it's just an overwhelm. So they just don't know where to start or how to take that first step or have a fear of being judged for their lack of knowledge at the time. Mm. And that's something that's great about that WinVest program is it has none of that. Do you think there's a generational change going on at the moment in, in this? I mean, um, I, I, I do notice on Instagram and uh, several of the social media platforms that there's a lot of women now who are um, talking about investing so. and, you know, giving sensible advice about putting money away, spending less than you earn on yep. investing the rest. So I think it's a generational change, but it's something that's only really happening now. So if you look at that under 30s demographic, they are way more involved and interested in their finances. Mm. But there's probably still a generation of women 
and unfortunately, 90% of women, or fortunately, 90% of women are going to be solely responsible for their money at some stage of their life. Um, whether it's because they're single for longer, they're divorced, they're widowed, they just choose to be independent financially. So there's still a lot of people, though, over that age of 30 that haven't had those conversations in depth before. Hi, my name is David Robertson and I'm from SMS Trustee News. So we're basically a news service for mm -hmm. SMSF trustees, uh, direct investors, uh, which is why we're here at this event. Yep. Um, so we provide uh, news to those trustees, everything that's happening in the SMSF world, uh, legislation, compliance, tax, investments, diversification, you yep. name it, we provide it. Um, it's very... It's very difficult to manage a self-managed super fund. I think people realise that. So we try to make it as easy as possible by giving them any changes in the industry. There's always legislation coming through, so we keep them update, updated. Yep. How's the conference been? Uh, it's been good. Um, we find they're, they're hard taskmasters, aren't they? They, they are. are. They ask they, the difficult they, questions. They know don't they? their stuff. They yeah. know their stuff. Um, we find a lot of them already subscribed to us, mm -hmm. which is great. But we're getting people who don't know about us who have self-managed super funds, um, and it's good to speak to the other sponsors as well because we run events uh, for trustees mm -hmm. um, and a lot of these guys don't know about us or what we do so that's always good as well but uh, just to show out I'll say you're networking as well with yeah the networking other as well yeah, yeah. yeah. and oh, some of great. those guys are as well so but it's just good to show our brand and show we're here and yeah um, it's people funny people that think how much does it cost uh, they're surprised when we say it's free um, mm -hmm. It's just a news service. We get our money through advertising, obviously, and sponsorship, that sort of thing. Hi, my name is Tom Powell, and I'm from BetaShares. So, BetaShares, ETF provider, how's it going? Beautiful, yeah, no, ETF provider. So, um, ever-growing the ETF market, and uh, we're hopping on that train, but, uh, yeah, we're loving it. And how are you enjoying the day? How are you enjoying the conference? Oh, fantastic. These are uh, more exciting than the advisor conferences, so getting out, seeing the people. So, what, usually you do advisor conferences, is yeah, it? Yeah, yes, yeah. so usually we manage or, or speak with financial advisors, but uh, more fun for us getting out and speaking to the end consumer, so... And they ask the hard questions. They here, ask the hard they? questions, <laughs> but, uh, look, they're sort of more ingrained in it as well, so they get uh, more insightful questions as well, so, mm -hmm. yeah, it's good. So, one of the most popular ETFs at the moment? Oh, look, a lot of the international equities is where we've seen inflows over the past 12 months. International equities, US equities, uh, emerging markets equities. Mm -hmm. um, so that's where we've seen uh, most of the attention. But as of late, we've also seen sort of more fears of inflation. So interest in gold, interest in your hedges. Any interesting questions you've had from uh, people? Oh, look, uh, not as of yet. I've almost faced every question possible. Mm -hmm. But um, look, a, a lot of inflation concern and a lot of emerging market interests speaking about Asia funds, India mm -hmm. funds. Um, so, yeah, that's where it's at. So, I'm Patrick Ryansart. I'm from uh, Aptec, Australian Stock Report and Halo Technologies. And I'm representing us today. Okay, so tell us about Halo Technologies. Yeah, so Halo... What are you offering? Uh, essentially what it is, it's a research platform. Uh, basically, what it's designed to do is for the self-investor to help supercharge your portfolio, um, whether, you know, you're a, a long-term investor, whether, you know, you do a bit of short-term stuff here and there. Not so much for day traders, but for people who do like to, you know, keep the, a finger on the pulse of the market. Um, and, you know, if things are changing, Halo's uh, a lot of the time able to detect you know, with predictive data, you know, whether you need to move out of something, move into something else, and really, yeah, just, just give you a lot, a lot more information and basically uh, simplify it all into a much easier to understand format. Is it a fundamental or a technical sort so of thing? So it's yep. both. Yeah, okay. so it's, it, it brings in the technical indicators. We've got our own technical indicators as well as, you know, the most common ones that are used by everyone. And then we've also got, you know, fundamental data with our predictive financials data, depending on what the current data is at the moment. 
and then also looking at what the broker's consensus is as well. Mm -hmm. So basically we get all this data from a company called Faxit, you may have heard of Faxit before, um, and they feed us all that data and we formulate it into an easy to understand platform, which is Halo. And how are you finding the conference? Uh, excellent. I mean, look, this is actually our first day here, so we weren't here yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, no, it's great. Uh, a lot of people uh, are very lovely. They're happy to come and have a chat. Hi, my name is Emma Kirk and I am from Magellan Asset Management and also representing Airly Funds Management today. What's Airly? I mean, a lot of people know about Magellan, obviously, especially the shareholders here. But uh, tell us about Airly. So Airly um, is a company that is owned by Magellan. It became part of our business three years ago. But the, the business itself was started about eight plus years ago by John Sevier. So some people may know John Sevier. He uh, was from Perpetual and ran the, the uh, Perpetual Industrial Share Fund for a long time, which was hugely successful. And we were very fortunate three years ago, John Sevier, Matt Williams and Emma Fisher came over to be part of the Magellan family and we launched the Early Australian Share Fund on the 1st of June uh, 2018. So today's its third birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, it's been running for three years. It's got an amazing track record. Concentrated portfolio, 25 to 35 of our best ideas in the Aussie market. Mm -hmm. And how are you finding the um, the conference so far? It is so wonderful to be back in person and mm. chatting to people and seeing familiar faces, and it's it's really wonderful. Hi, I'm Roger Montgomery from the Montgomery Fund. So, how's it going? How do you, how are you enjoying the conference? Oh, look, it's brilliant. It's nice yeah. to see so many familiar faces. It's wonderful to see people here today that I've I've seen for 20 years in a row. It's incredible, um, isn't it, the relationship yeah. between between yourself and the association? Yeah, it's something I look forward to each year. Mm -hmm. I look forward to... I was in Wollongong. Uh, I'm happy to do the regional meetings as well. Even though some of the groups are small, uh, it's always good to talk to people and find out what their concerns are about investing. Yeah. I've learned a great deal about people's needs as a consequence of... The relationship I have the with direct, the direct uh, conversations that yeah. you can have with people yeah, and investors. Indeed. Yeah. So you've just done a stock tip session, have you? Yes. How, how did that go? Oh, it was fine because yeah. we had visuals this time. Oh, right. Last night at dinner That's there right. were no visuals, so it's hard to verbally paint a picture of the quite dramatic changes that are going on in the mm -hmm. economy at the moment. Yeah. And also in markets, you know, I'd like to think I, I did a reasonable job last night painting that picture, but the visuals would have helped and today we had them, so it went well. And so I think we've had a couple of contrarian views on inflation at the moment between yourself and uh, Warren Hogan yesterday. So is Warren the is Warren the individual who thinks there's going to be a massive yes. spike in inflation? Yes, yeah. yeah look, well, I'm not sure if he was saying that. He was just more that it is a concern and something to be watched out for. Oh, I believe it's a concern yeah. in the short term, mm -hmm. but I also believe it's transitory yeah. and structurally we'll see lower inflation in the future for the reasons I elaborated yes, uh, last night, which was, well, we've already seen a huge investment in automation, and that's accelerated during COVID. We also know unionised labour uh, is lower than it once was, 70% lower. And as a consequence of those two things, it means wage growth is going to be limited. Provided wage growth remains limited, we won't see inflation. If wage growth does emerge in aggregate, then there could be a lot of inflation down the track. And that means the RBA and the central bank would be behind the curve. And I give that a 25% probability. So I don't disagree that inflation is not coming. It's just that I currently believe there's a 75% chance it's transitory and a 25% chance that it's something more serious. Hi, my name is James. I'm from Perpetual. Yeah, great to meet you and thanks very much for coming along. So tell me, what are you doing here today? What are you showing us? Yep, so uh, showing our two, uh, I guess, our listed funds. Yep. One is our Perpetual Credit Income Fund mm -hmm. and the other one in there is our Perpetual Equity Income uh, Company. 
Okay, so tell us about the Perpetual Equity Investment Company. So that um, company invests predominantly in Australian shares, but however, it can have international exposure up to 35%, um, but then also can have a, up to 20% in cash. So it aims to pay a um, dividend twice, um, which is fully franked too. So yep. a way to get exposure to, obviously, um, outside of your blue chip companies um, and also build international exposure quite easily too yep. to your portfolio. Is this your first uh, conference? This is, yeah. How are you finding it? Uh, yeah, look, it's great. The people are lovely. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's quite an experience and a lot of great questions coming, coming um, up front. So it's, uh, it's great. It's great to be here. Important, please remember these podcasts are produced to provide information and education and they're not designed to provide financial advice, nor are they a recommendation to buy shares in the companies featured or discussed. The Australian Shareholders Association does not endorse or favour any specific commercial product or company. Please obtain independent professional advice before investing. We value your feedback and questions. Please contact us at share at asa.asn.au if you have any suggestions for guests or specific questions you'd like answered. 